Greetings, I am your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to the second season of my Weirdest Experience podcast. This is the show of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. And it's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hi friends, thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218. Or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www.tinakinneyclark.com. That's T-I-N-A-K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-L-A-R-K-E. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I have Rick Delarada here. He is a singer and a pianist, and he has been part of a international tour called Jazz for Peace. He's had nine trips to Africa and all over the world, so there's plenty to talk about today. And so welcome to the show, Rick. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So he's in New York City right now, which is my hometown. And um, so tell us a little bit more about yourself and where you're from and where you got your um, music training. And Okay. I'm, well, I'm from upstate New York, um, near, not too far from where you went to school. I think you said you were in Albany. Uh, I'm from a town called Schenectady. And uh, my music training was a combination of me trying to figure it out on my own and, uh, you know, music lessons with a classical instructor, et cetera. Um, you know, played in the stage band and all that kind of stuff. Played in bands and all kinds of stuff. And then I went to um, college. Uh, well, my, my senior year of high school, I went to a community college because they needed a piano player in their jazz ensemble. And then uh, I went from there to New England Conservatory, which is in Boston. So I went to school in Boston, stayed there for a while, and then I was making a living in Boston, so I kind of stayed there a couple of years after school was over, uh, playing a lot as a sideman with, uh, like, you know, a, a famous big band called the Artie Shaw Orchestra, and a, uh, a famous band from the 1950s called the Platters, and then I was also a uh, opening act MC for Dizzy Gillespie, the jazz great, and all kinds of other, you know, wild, different gigs, you know. And then I finally went to New York. Um, at some point or other, I started recording my own CDs. And then I started touring all over the world with my own CDs, places like Hong Kong and Brazil and, uh, you know, the United States and Canada, you know, wherever. And then 9-11 hit. 
And um, then I, what happened was I, I wrote a poem on that day because I was living very close to the World Trade Center and I was on my roof of the building watching it. So I wrote a poem called Jazz for Peace, uh, which I'll play a little bit for you later. And then that uh, turned into a whole nother situation because it blossomed into more of the philanthropic side of me using music to heal people, to help outstanding causes and to empower and enlighten others. So that started to take me to places that I never even knew existed on the planet, you know, or places that I never thought I would go to. Uh, for example, um, around 2009 or so, the country of Rwanda decided that they were ready after 14 years after their genocide, which a million people were slaughtered, um, to welcome their, you know, for the country to the rest of the world to take a look at them and hopefully welcome their country back as a place for tourism, et cetera, et cetera. And so they had Jazz for Peace come and do two concerts. And they also had, uh, they had Peace Week, it was called Amahoro Week. Um, actually, there's posters all over here, but it's just a coincidence, that poster right behind me, that one is from uh, Rwanda. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, went over there, did two concerts, and um, uh, basically they had uh, Amahoro Week. So I went out and met these gorillas in their wild habitat. Uh, Gorillas in the Mist, very similar to that movie. Um, and it, basically, they had a world peace marathon. So they brought runners all over the world. Anyway, it was a week of peace and joy. And uh, Rwanda since has done very well since then, the country. Um, but it just kept going. It kept going and going and going. That was my first time to Africa. There were eight more trips in between until a couple months ago, which was my ninth time. And that was the first time ever in Nigeria. So, um, and that was the, that was the celebration of the 20th anniversary of a concert I did at the United Nations, where I united Israeli, Palestinian, and American jazz musicians and some other co and continents as well uh, for an international audience at the United Nations. And from there came, um, you know, the benefit concert series, the educational series for children, and an instrument donation program. And so what was Rwanda like? What was some of your best uh, memories of visiting the country? It was the first time ever they told me that um, they had both uh, an American jazz artist ever came to the country with a uh, uh, performing with African artists as well. And uh, boy, I mean, if you want to hear a weird story, here's a weird story, okay? We go down there and um, we get there and, and I'm responsible for these four other musicians, you know? And you know, Rwanda, I mean, you just don't, Africa, it's so foreign, the whole idea is so foreign to me. And um, to actually be there. So I'm like, listen guys, let's, you know, we're at the hotel, let's just chill. I wanted to chill out because there was the concert was the next day and all that stuff. And uh, we got to the airport and there was, the Africans do things in a lot, a lot of groups because it's very populated. There's a lot of people and there's a lot of people to do things for whatever reason. I mean, usually, you know, if I'm lucky, I show up someplace, there's a, somebody there to take a picture or one reporter. <laughs> yeah. Nine reporters, or third, somewhere between nine and 13 reporters at the at the airport so i was greeted like i was the beatles or something okay and <laughs> yeah you know the other guys in the band are like what the heck is this i said i don't know i don't 
don't look at me. I know where these guys came from. All these reporters taking pictures and blah, blah, blah. And then the guys are like, the, the drummer was like, well, listen, we got to have a drink. You know, we're in Africa. We, gotta, we can't go to bed. We got to have a drink. So that turned into a big wild party, this, that, and the other. And then the next thing I know, um, basically, we're at a stadium. And because they want to do one concert at a stadium for the people, the regular people, and another concert for the, you know, the, what they call them, the hoity toities or whatever they are, you know, the, the ambassadors, you know what I mean? Uh huh, yeah. Or a ritzy thing at a ritzy hotel, you know, invitation only, tables, giant buffet, those kinds of things. But this was in the stadium. And it was weird because, you know, people are tricked. Like, I'm like, how are they picking a fight? Well, they have this way they had, at that time, they had cell phones with texting, you know, and somehow they're able to connect to each other. And they were just coming out of the woodwork, people coming out of the woodwork. And um, they, people kept coming as the thing kept going. So, like, when we started playing, there was hardly anybody. Then there's some people there. Then we're done playing. And then there's more people. Then there's an African band after that, us, and there's more people. And I had jet lag because of the whole thing. I, you know, I had, it was like a 24 hour flight or something like that. Or, and you know, the, the excitement of being there. And also uh, they wanted me to try their local beer, which was like had an elephant on it. And it was giant, like this big. And I maybe I had a couple of those. So anyway, I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm backstage and I fall asleep. I just lied back and I just passed out. I was just, you know, I was like, and now I wake up a couple hours later. I don't even know. It could be three hours later. I wake up and there's the whole stadium's full. There's more people, like way more people. Like everybody's in this place. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to get off of this. I'm back. I, you know, how am I going to get off the stage? So the only way now to get off the stage was to kind of sneak around the corner and kind of like sneak off the stage. But everyone's going to see me. So I go to go around the stage, and as soon as I do that, the people start pointing at me and making noise. And the the key the other band's looking at me, and the keyboard player, and he's like looking at me like they think maybe I want to join them, and I'm, I want to get out of there. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, I guess I'm stuck. All right, so I better do something. So I walk over, and I join the other band. And the keyboard player's got a couple of keyboards. He's got a keyboard here, and he's got another one there. And I don't know what the heck they're playing. I've been playing, you know, I never heard this song before in my life. But I know what harmony the other keyboard's playing. I know the harmony. And so I'm looking at what he's playing, and the people are like, they're expecting something. And I'm like, well, if I play this on top of what he's playing, it's gonna, I know what it's going to sound like. I know I can create this on top of that. I don't know what song they're in. I don't know what part. They're, I don't know if they're in the chorus, the verse, where they're at. But I know I can create this on top of that. So I start looking at his fingers, looking at his hands, and improvising around what he, what the harmony is that I see he's playing. And the people start like, because they've never heard their music sound like that, you know. And the band loves it, and everybody's going kind of crazy. And my musicians and my band are in the audience, and they're like, Hey, I didn't know Rick knew African music. Why is he some kind of African expert? What's going on over here? And they're like, Jesus, this is crazy. Maybe we should go up and join them. So they come up and join me. You know, the percussion player comes up and everybody. So now all both bands are together on the stage. The people are going crazy. And this keeps more people coming. You know, they never stop. I mean, because I guess in Africa, 
whenever you show up is okay. It's not like they have a set time. You know what I mean? If they, yeah. tell, you, if they tell you there's an event, I think it just means it's that day. Just get there at some point that day, you know, I guess. Because mm-hmm. there are definitely more people, you know. By the time we finished jamming with this band, it was jam-packed and everybody. So the next day, the next morning, I, you know, apparently the word got around to these people and this message came, um, you know, that, that it was UNICEF was involved. So UNICEF sent a text to my, to, you know, the Jazz for Peace volunteers that we have. Oh my God, that they, they did this thing where they, you know, that's all they talked about. They didn't even talk about our performance. They talked about the jam with the, with this Holy Java Dubs or something was the name of the band and how our bands came together. You know what I mean? And like I said, I was just sleepwalking off the stage is all I was trying to do. And now this was a big deal. The bands came together and did this thing and harmony and it was a showing of this and that, the cultures uniting. So now the next day we had this concert with the, you know, with the big tables and all that black tie affair. We couldn't get that cards to started for like two hours because there were so many people that wanted to come that heard about the other event. So they had to put all these other tables in and they had to delay everything and all that kind of stuff. And you can see a little bit of that event. If you go on YouTube and I think you could put jazz for peace, Rwanda, Rick Delarada, jazz for peace, Rwanda. And then maybe you could put intro or something. I don't know. You put something like that and you'll see, that event where they come up and introduce, you know, the woman comes up and talks about jazz for peace as an introduction. Then we come on, it shows our first selection, the first song that we played. So you, where did you fall asleep exactly? Well, somewhere backstage. Cause when I fell asleep backstage, it was nothing, but it was nothing going on really. And yeah. um, it was somewhere backstage. It was kind of like these risers, you know, and uh <laughs> You know, kind of there was a, a divider or something. And I just went back and I just lied down, you know, and I just lied down. And as a few minutes after I lied down, I was just out like a light. Wow. And then I woke up and I'm like, how am I going to get? And then and there's a band playing and there's all these people that weren't there even. And right. They're all surrounded. I'm like, how am I going to get off this thing? And I had to walk onto the stage to get off the stage. And like I said, at that point, people start looking at me and they're like, they, you know, if I got off the stage, it would be a disappointment at that point, you know, for whoever they thought, everyone thought this was part of the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> hey, this is all part of the act. The guy is asleep in the back and then he wakes up and joins the band. <laughs> yeah, well, see, they didn't know that I fell asleep and woke up. Like, they didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, they just thought I came out. This is part of the, you know, yeah. <laughs> And a lot of times you have to do that in the arts. You just have to make a mistake look like you, you, you meant it. Yeah. 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 And I guess you have to sleep when you have a chance to sleep too. In that situation, because I tell you, a lot of times when you travel, it's very strange because you do get jet lag and you yeah. get overwhelmed. You can't get to sleep when you want. I mean, forget yeah. it. And I've been to Japan many times. And I've had it really bad. Um, I think it's worse going over than going back. That's what they say. But um, you're just, you know, uh, one time I was in Japan and the jet lag worked out perfect because I was able to watch the World Series, which was on at like five in the morning. You know, the World Series they would show in Japan at five in the morning, the World Series in the U.S. I think the Yankees were playing 
the brain. Yeah. And I yeah. had jet lag, but I couldn't sleep, so I'd watch the World Series. Then I'd sleep when I'm supposed to be awake. Yeah, because there's a, I think it's 12-hour difference, right? Right, so there yeah. you go. Like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so right now it's 9.30 in the morning here on the East Coast. It's 9.30 p.m. in Japan and the Philippines. So I've been to the Philippines. Terrible jet lag going over there. It's crazy. Right. You know exactly it. Yeah, Yeah, and I got over there and all the cousins wanted to see me, you know, and all I wanted to do was sleep. So they kept waking us up because they were all excited and we're like half, you know have cognizant of what's going on so the culture in Rwanda very different like in in the U.S. we're so focused on time and what time it is and going to meetings on time and scheduling everything out and everything there was just like oh there's a concert here today <laughs> that's the way it seemed to me because I was used to like the event starts, the event's going to be over. It's like a, you know, a window, you know what I mean? But it's not, and I've been to Africa many times before and, and some of the events I've been to, you know, the, the electricity goes off in the middle of it. You know what I mean? So the people don't even look like it's strange. You know, they're just like, oh yeah, that happens. So, no, <laughs> we're going to hang out here. And when the electricity comes back on, we'll resume. Wow. It's just a different vibe, you know? It's yeah, a, it's... You've, you've got to be flexible. There's more flexibility. So you went to Pakistan. Was that after 9-11? Everything was after 9-11. Okay. Jasmine. So, Jasmine. What, so what was Pakistan like? I mean, I know. So, yeah, Pakistan, you, you know, you, you better brace yourself for this because it was, you know, first of all, uh, what, what happened was, you know, we're dealing with, with people, anybody can contact us and we will not let you down. You know, we will not say no to you. I mean, in other words, if you, if you don't, like you would have to drop out, you know? And um, so these people are back and forth from Pakistan and we're like, this is, we're not, this, this is, I don't see how this could ever come to fruition, but we're gonna answer their questions, we're gonna, Go back, you know, we're going to send them things. We're going to do this. So we're back and forth, back and forth. But it's a real, like, there's a, there's no literacy in, in Pakistan. There's a literacy problem. It's something like 90% illiteracy in mm -hmm. Pakistan. Uh, at least there was at that time. It could be improved now since my concert. But um, basically, these people were also being persecuted. They were Christians, and there was bombing going on and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my. I'm going to go over there. So um, basically, you know, we were at kind of a stalemate because what we do is we help them. We assist them to educate the people in their community about Jasper Peace and what we do and our music and whatever they want to educate about us, you know, our history, all the, all the people we've, all the people we've already helped, all the organizations. And once they educate them, hopefully they want to be a part of the event. And the people will then help them confirm the event so that we can, you know, make it a reality. Um, it starts out with a comment that they'll make to us and the comments kind of like a little seedling and that comment we grow into what we call an empowerment tree. So their comment will put it into a document that, Hey, here's my comment. I want to make it, you know, this is what jazz for peace is. We want, I want, we want to bring them here to help our organization. I've looked over this information. Here's my comment. Please look it over and tell me yours. 
those people's comments, which could be their board members, their family members, those are roots. So it's just like growing a tree. You've got a seedling and now you've got roots. And then we expand the roots through some other little techniques. And now we actually have a confirmed event with a bunch of people that are the VIP guests of honor. So that's, that's how we do it. So we're trying to do this in Pakistan and you know, it's, um, there's a lot of issues, a lot of issues and they need some sponsorship help. So, you know, another way to do it is to get some sponsors on board, et cetera, uh, early on in the process. And they actually, we actually had a few, there was some interest, but not quite enough to pull this thing off. And I was like, you know, um, I, who knows what's going to happen if they do pull it off. Cause I'm going to have to go there. Uh, you know, we have to do, we do what we say we're going to do. I mean, that's who we are. So at some point we get a call from a guy and I believe he's in Seattle and this guy works for Walmart. He works for Walmart and he, he, you know, people have their little things that they're passionate about their little passions, you know, so, you know, some people like it's cheesecake, you know, another person dish little dishes, you know, they have their thing. His thing is literacy. He's a, you know, he really, and he studied literacy all over the world. And he's real focused on the literacy problem in Pakistan. And he contacts us and he says, you know, of all the things that I've looked at to try to get literacy in Pakistan, because see the problem in Pakistan, to be honest with you, when, when you're illiterate, your choices are very limited in life. And if a terrorist organization or whatever can kind of swoop in and get, you know, you know what I mean? Indoctrinate you into their, into, into all kinds of stuff because you don't really have options. You know, you can't even read. So this guy was like, I've studied this and you know, of all the things that I've looked at that could get literacy in Pakistan, jazz for peace is the best bang for my buck. He's telling us, you know, this is the best, you guys, well, you guys did the best thing for the least amount of, you know what I mean? Like, in other words, to do something like what you're going to do militarily would cost millions of dollars, maybe even billions of dollars. You know, he said, I'm going to make a sponsorship donation to this situation that puts us over the top with, with, with the, what, everything. You know, we still needed that one little thing. He was the, you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. was the missing link to the puzzle. A guy in Walmart in like, in like Washington somewhere. He's the missing link to the puzzle. And now I'm going to Pakistan, even though there are warnings against it. I mean, there's, um, you know, uh, we have some of this documented on a link called jazzforpeace.org. I think it's called forward slash live in Pakistan dot PDF. And that has a link where some of the stuff, but it was like the warning from, I don't know who it is, the, uh, the government's warning their, their thing, you know, uh, you know, warning against people going over there, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so, um, so I go over there, I fly over there in the middle of the night and it's very foreign to me. I've never seen anything like the airport in Lahore, Pakistan. I mean, it just looks like you're in the middle of, you're in the middle of a movie. It's like you walked into the screen, you know, it's like you were sitting watching the movie and then you just got up off your seat with your popcorn and just walked in walked into the movie screen, you know, it was very surreal. And so uh, right when I get there, fortunately, the people have signs that say jazz for peace, blah, blah, blah. 
and they find me relatively quickly and they have all these flowers and all this stuff. And there's this big warm greeting. And then we go um, in, uh, we go to this um, hotel that has a lot of, um, a lot of security. I mean security, like they don't check the trunk. They check the whole car. They had the, you know, they're pulling this car up from the front and they're looking in here. And I mean, just checking the car, like it's incredible. And um, I stay in this place. Now the concert had to be held at that hotel because it was supposed to be held at a church, but there were bomb threats. And the yeah. concert had already been canceled twice because of threats. And then they, fi they finally told me, we can't have this in any church because of threats that they've received. So it has to be held in this high security hotel. So now the next day they uh, meet with me and they say, um, you know, listen, uh, here's our plan for safety. And they say, because uh, I had just been to Nepal, so I brought some clothing from Nepal with me. And they said, okay, great, you need to wear those clothes. And we got this car, it's like one of these cars that you see in the mafia movies, you know, like it's the tinted glass, the tinted windows. So I could see out, but people couldn't see in. And yeah. they around in this car and they said, here's our strategy. We're going to get out with you. You're going to have these clothes on. And by the time anyone even notices that you're a Westerner or whatever and has any ideas or whatever, we'll already be in the place that we're going. And where they were taking me were these schools with the kids, the, the schools that I was helping these kids to learn how to you know, be, be literate. And most of them were taught by mothers. So what they do is they teach the mothers to read because they don't have enough schools and they don't have enough teachers. But they teach mothers to read and the mothers become the teachers to the groups of kids. And they bring me in the school and the kids are like, you know, again, I'm, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, uh, it's like I'm the fab four, you know, they're just rejoicing and throwing flowers on me and this, that, and the other. And I play little songs with them and all that stuff. And then we go out into another one and to another one. Then they had this big dinner and they had these, you know, high officials there, some, you know, I don't know, some, some people that were relatively prestigious at this dinner at a house. At that dinner, now I got jet lag. I got, I mean, jet lag as if you had taken a sleeping pill almost, you know, yeah. as if you had something that someone put something in your food. It was that bad. I said, listen, I got to lie down. They said, well, listen, we have some, we have some errands to run. Just lie down here and uh, we'll be back, you know? So I lie down, it's pitch black in this room and I fall asleep. And when I wake up, it's pitch black and I hear strange sounds. There's like, it's not a secure room. I mean, it's got like a cloth where there would be a window and you're hearing strange sounds out in the street and stuff. And see, these, these are not roads. These are like dirt, you know, there's like people riding um, donkeys and stuff, you know, it's not like you can't, like, I couldn't get out of there if I wanted to, I couldn't <laughs> walk out and say, Hey, you know, taxi. You yeah. Let me get back to where I was. I don't even know where it was. And they don't speak English. So I couldn't, there's no way I could get anywhere. I mean, I'm here. This is where I'm at right now. And I can't move. And there's nobody there. And uh, I try to go in the other room. There's nobody in the house except one person. And that person doesn't speak English. So I'm just there trusting the universe, basically. You know, um, to be honest with you, I don't know if you ever heard of this guy, Bo Bergdahl. No. Okay, so Bo Bergdahl is a army, like was an army veteran, and he was in the army. And not very far from where I was, he walked off his 
he just walked off the army, walked off the camp and was taken prisoner for like five years by the Taliban. And he was not far from me. He was a few hours away from, he was being held a few hours. I didn't know it, but he was, I found out later, he was being held only a few hours away from me. Mm -hmm. so, Is this an American? Yeah, an American, okay. Bergdahl, B-O, I believe, and then Bergdahl. Uh, but it's a big story. I didn't even know much about it until I got back and I was skiing in Utah and a guy from the news who works for the media a news agency in Utah saw me because I had skied with him. And uh, he said, hey, Rick, I heard you went to Pakistan. Did you know about this blah, blah, blah? And he showed me this podcast about Bo Bertal and I listened to it. And it was about his captivity for five years in Pakistan. But anyway, um, I waited and waited and finally these guys showed up at like one in the morning and they had this document proclamation from the city of Lahore and they said, oh, we're so sorry, but we had to get this. We said, if we didn't get this, we couldn't even have the event tomorrow. And it was a big proclamation that said this, you could, you can, you can do this. You can't do that. There can be no, this, there can be no, that they were so worried about some sort of a problem arising. You know what I mean? So all this, things and it was signed and all that kind of stuff for the event. And uh, so, like I said, um, I, uh, I did the event and I, I really, I started performing. Uh, it was near Christmas. It was between Christmas and New Year's was that event. So I started performing um, like uh, what child is this kind of like, you know, um, I had a, I had a CD called jazz at Christmas time. So I started performing songs from that, you know, um, uh, like that they would know, you know, uh, yeah. since they were Christian based. So and where, so, where were your bandmates? Did you have well, a that band? One, you? Yeah. So Rwanda, I brought a band. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but other countries I would pick up a band because jazz is a universal language and it's celebrated you know, there's people that speak the language of jazz everywhere, except Lahore, Pakistan. So, you know, um, and some other places too. So I didn't, not only did I not have a band, uh, but like I, I couldn't really pick up a band because there really wasn't jazz musicians that, that I could find to play with me, but nor did I really want to bring musicians to that one. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, if something happens, what am I going to say to the guy's wife, you know? Yeah or family, like, what am I going to do? You know? Uh, so I'm like, let me just see if I can survive. So the sponsors that you get, they kind of sponsor your travel expenses or uh, how's well, that work? Here's how it works. Basically. Um, what we try to do is like, let's say you're, you have a outstanding cause, you know, maybe you're the red cross or something, you know, you watch one of these podcasts, right. And you're, you know, Hey, I just saw the, um, you know, the name of this podcast, but it could be right. What's the name of this one? My uh, weirdest experience. Weirdest experience. I was watching my weirdest and this guy, this is incredible. We should, he helps outstanding causes. We should blah, blah, blah. You know? So, uh, you write a little email to jazz for peace, right? This is the best way. You just send an email info at jazzforpeace.org. Yeah. And you send an email and you say, you know, I was watching my weirdest and, and boy, you got some weird experiences, but I love the way you help outstanding causes and we have an outstanding cause. Maybe you can make a difference for us. You know, we need all these things that you say 
you guys do with your empowerment tree. I mean, we not only need funds, but we need sponsors at the local community, which is part of this branch number two. We need publicity and awareness branch number three. You know what I mean? We need new and prestigious supporters. That's uh, branch number five. You know, we need to we need to broaden our donor base. Those are the roots of the tree. You know, we need you to teach us fundraising techniques that you've learned from all these 850 other organizations and teach us all these little fundraising techniques for us to carry forward. We need all that, you know. Um, and so we will take that comment now. And put it into, okay, so we say, well, where are you from? Well, I'm from South Carolina, you know, I'm from such and such South Carolina. I used to live in New York, but now I'm in South Carolina. Okay, so uh, here's the deal, you know, uh, dear such, we have a little template letter. And yeah. we'll plug in what we know, you know. Mm -hmm. It's basically, Jazz for Peace has done all these things, and now we want to bring them to South Carolina to help our outstanding cause. What do you guys think? You know, I looked at the information. Here's my comment. Please send me yours. And this little template, we'll send it to you, you know, just with whatever we put in it as best we could based on what we know. You will fix it up the way you like it. You know, add this, add that, send it back to us. We'll look at it and we'll say basically, is this good? You can show this to your board members. Can you show this to your supporters? You can show this to, you know, friends, family. Yes. If I show this document to my, you know, my best friend, my blah, blah, blah. They'll look at it. I think they'll be excited about this. I think they'll think it can make a difference for my cause. Great. Take that letter, show that to them. So easy letter, it's really ABC. The ABC is mm -hmm. confirmation. A was when you sent us the little comment. That was A, done. Now we're on B. B is when your other people make a comment. The other people in your organization, they make mm -hmm. a comment. That's B. You know what I mean? So now what happens is, you will show that to your board members. They'll all look at it and they'll say, they can say anything. They can say, count me in. That could be a comment. Count me in. I'm, you know, that's it. That's all they have to do. Another person will say, the art form of jazz is a proven history. This is something that I want. You know, it's up to them. It's all based on honesty. You gave your honest comment the way you feel. They give their honest comment the way they feel. If it could be one word, it could be two sentences. I don't care. So you, now you make a list. It's a like a really a VIP list. Okay, this is the core list. You know, board members, friends, blah blah blah, and it's just name, comment, name, comment. You put it into an email. You send it to us. That's easy. Letter B. Okay, and it's just A B C now. Now we have C. C is when we look at the comments, and we see that some people are very enthusiastic okay because when you look at what jazz for peace has done you know what i mean some people are going to get it and they're going to be like wow this is like i can't believe this sounds too good to be true how did they do this oh my god nine times to africa pakistan nepal southern south of india all of the united states how come they haven't even been here yet they should they've been to this state not our state you know whatever that's mm -hmm. that you get that excitement well guess what we're going to do those people on that list, they're all VIPs. They're going to be guests of honor. So we're going to kind of roll out the red carpet for them. So when we get the sponsors, those sponsors, they're not going to want to give their goods out and services to everybody. But we'll see you got the, v yes, the VIPs, absolutely. So, you know, um, I, there's so many sponsors we've had. I'm just going to make one up. Mandavi Wine, you know, 
hey, there's a, you know, or maybe there's a wine, there's a vineyard, a local vineyard, and, and uh, they have wine. And I don't know if they make wine where you are, but, you know, for sale not, or more. Not much, not much. I think there's okay. one, like what one in Charleston. One? Okay. <laughs> so we may or may not approach that. We may not even do wine. Who knows? What, what do you guys have that's local, that's indigenous to North? We Central? have the only tea plantation in, in North America. Interesting. So they so, grow tea, okay. like tea leaves, and it's called uh -huh. Charleston. It's Charleston tea. So. so Charleston tea. Now, once this event is confirmed, for example, Charleston tea might might say something like, "Well, you know what? We're gonna for, we're gonna put a uh, we're gonna put a, a little small little thing in all the gift bags." You know what I mean? Yeah. Gift bag. They might. Or they might say our iced tea is the greatest, our southern iced tea that we make. We're gonna have brewed iced tea. We're gonna give it to them. You know, it'll th that's that'll be part of their sponsorship. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're not even at sponsors yet. What we're at now is just VIPs. These VIPs are gonna get the the they're gonna get all of that. We have a little meet and greet ceremony for like a networking ceremony for the VIPs to all get together and you know you know what I mean uh, yeah. hang out with each other. I show up there and I sign the little, if they want me to sign something, you know, I hang out with them, talk to them. It's a kind of a little thing that makes them feel special. You know, it's a yeah. one hour thing. The sponsors will all be at that and will all be giving their little things. And we have videos of those that you can watch. You know, we, there's one in Brazil that we just have on the website. It's a VIP ceremony in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And you click on it and you see, all these VIPs are having the time of their life, you know, having to drink, having free beverages and food and having the, you know, talking and, you know, making friends and connections and all that. Cause it's very high quality people. So that's B like I told you, but like I said, C is when we take some of these people that are very enthusiastic and we say, listen, you're going to be a VIP. You're going to be getting the red card treatment. What about your friends? Would you like them to, get this experience and, and the red carpet trip. literally feel like you got paid to attend this event. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And hopefully they'll say, you know what, this would be great for me. Yeah. I have friends that would, I'd love to turn people on to this event. They come and have a great time and I'm the recipient of all of their joy. Oh man. Thanks for taking me to that. Thanks for those VIP ticket. You know what I mean? So they will take the letter. Now, sometimes you get 10, 15 of these people, you know, because sometimes you get, let's say, 25, 30, 40 of the people that make the comment, and now you get a percentage of them. It could be a handful, but let's just say, worst case scenario, it's only a handful, five of them, right? Well, now you've got five VIP lists from each one of them. So you've got your VIP list that might have 25, 35 names, right? And you've got five more with 25 or 35 names, right? So you've got like a hundred VIPs there in that, right? See what I mean? Yeah. Right. But guess what? People never come to these events by themselves. You see what I'm saying? Almost never. They'll bring us their significant other. They'll bring a date if they're single. They're not going to leave their wife at home. You know, that kind of thing. You know, I'm going to, hey, honey, I'll be, I'm going to a world-class cultural event. You just sit here on your butt. You know, I don't think so. It's not going to fly. You know what I mean? We don't, and we don't promote, you know, divorce. We don't promote messing, you know, bring the wife. You know, we want it. We want you, once you have a good, your marriage to be continue on its. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, we, yeah, we don't want to hear about somebody, you know, having a big blow up because of jazz for peace. He wasn't able to go. So basically we're talking about a pair of tickets. So if you have a hundred VIPs, you have a pair of tickets each. That's 200 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what I'm saying is those people will all hopefully purchase an advanced pair of discount VIP tickets of which they will get that money back from all of these perks and amenities. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. That money comes in, that enables the organization to confirm their event with funds already raised for them and in their bank account. So now they have a free event. So, you know, if you ever talk to a nonprofit organization, you know, you ask them about their fundraiser, they'll tell you, yeah, we had to rent up a such and such and we had to spend, they had to dole out all this money. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then guess what? We didn't even know what the heck to do because we never didn't, we don't know how to run a fundraiser, you know? So then we tried to make all the money back and we lost money on our fundraiser. Do you know what I mean? So the, the cool thing about this is not only do you have an event at no cost to you, if you do it this, this way, there's a lot of ways to confirm a Jasper Peace event, but I'm just telling you our favorite one, yeah. you know, because these people have an event at no cost to them. It didn't cost them nothing. They have an event. They have some money already raised in their account. You follow me? But here's the, here's where the real the real payoff is. They have the Jazz for Peace fundraising team to assist them all the way through with this event. You see what I mean? So. Maybe they've had one or two fundraisers or zero in their whole life, but they're working with the Jazz, the Jazz for Peace event coordinating team that's had over 850. So, you know what I mean? Now you're, 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 and we're sharing information with them. You know, we're sharing, like, you know, when we talk about, well, maybe we might have a silent auction. Well, here's, a, here's an event that we had a silent auction in, you know, uh, New Jersey. And we got the Sopranos, all the members of the Sopranos signed the thing. And then we auctioned them off. We tell them our weird stories, you know, yeah. to them. Uh -huh. And that might work for us. We got, you know, oh, gee, I don't think that would work, but that would work. We, you know, and that's how their event becomes unique and special to them. But they have us kind of care, you know what I mean? Like basically, you know, the, our expertise and our most important, our guidance. Interesting. So, so it's almost like, like uh, networking. There's different levels of networking, and it starts with that one email from that one organization or person. The little comment, you know, those, you know, those little yeah. things they spin around and then they hit the ground. Thousands of them do, and just like us, we get th we have thousands of comments, right? But some of them will go in the ground and next thing you know, it rains that day or whatever, and it starts growing roots. That's what we do. If you're an outstanding cause, we will try to grow your seedling into roots from which we can now grow a tree. Hence our slogan, which is help us plant the roots so we can grow your empowerment tree. Now, what we have uh, that would, looks too good to be true which I've talked about on a few of these other shows. Um, basically, it's a testimonials page and it's a WordPress page. It's jazzforpeace.wordpress.com forward slash about. And that link, people go to it and they'll see like quotes from famous people, presidents, former presidents, uh, you know, prime ministers of other countries, uh, you know, uh, 
movie stars, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll see people, what people say. But then below that is like a picture of a horse. And then it says, you know, from the horse's mouth, testimonials. And that's where it's really crazy because you see the letters that we receive from all of these organizations and it goes forever. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's ever made it to the bottom. I mean, I could never read them all. You get a prize. <laughs> if, you, if you make it to the bottom, you do get a prize, but. <laughs> Will I get a concert if I get to the bottom? <laughs> You'll get some kind of prize. No one's ever made it. That's the thing. I yeah. try. try. Give it a try and let us know. Give it a try and let us know. <laughs> you will get a concert if you just send your comment to us by email. We will grow your empowerment tree. I mean, that's oh. the, really, that's as simple as that. Wow, you know? that's like then an amazing opportunity for a nonprofit or a charity, you know? Right. Have you and ever been down to the Charleston, South Carolina area to perform? Well, I was in South Carolina. See, I've been in North Carolina a bunch of times. I don't know why. Why is it that North Carolina is it more something different? There's, there's obviously a difference, right? Because I've been in North Carolina a bunch of times. I've been to Durham with Jazz for Peace. I've been to Charlotte, um, you know, a few other places. I think there's been at least three events in North Carolina. I was in South Carolina once, and the only reason I know that I was on a bus and I was traveling with a big band called the Artie Shaw Orchestra that was a very, very famous back in the big band era. And um, that band was so famous that they just kept they just kept reforming the band and kept it going because people remembered them, you know, from back in the day. And I'm traveling in a bus and we're in a different state every time. And I just woke up once and I said, where the heck are we? And they said, we're in South Carolina. So. That was it. I think it was in South Carolina that one time. Well, I think that's a lost opportunity and you should come down here and perform. <laughs> well, listen, that's going to happen now that you know this, because one, you could send us a comment and we could, you know, do that. Or you could talk to, you could share your podcast to share this with an outstanding cause in your town. You know, you know, some yeah. cause. Hey, you guys are in need, right? We are in dire need, they might tell you. I actually love um, one of my favorite charities is the Berkeley Animal Center, which is um, where I adopted my one of my cats from. And my daughters and I have volunteered there occasionally. Okay. You can actually go there and take a dog out for a date for a wow. couple hours just to get them out of the shelter and you can take them anywhere. You could take them home or to a park just to get them out and exercise and spend time with people, you know? If you ever do go down that list of testimonials, you will see a bunch of animal-related organizations. You'll see a bunch of them. There's one in Spokane, I know, that we did. It was just birds, birds. And they brought the birds to the event. And the birds were, you know, enjoying the music and I was, they wanted me to meet the birds and, uh, you know, they wrote a letter, you'll see that, but there's other ones like shelters and play, you know, all, there's, there's all kinds of, but one of the biggest animal related events was in Kenya at the site of the great migration, Kenya, Africa. So basically these people took me up, uh, way out, it's on the border of, Can of Kenya and Tanzania. And it's up where, you know, where you see on National Geographic, a million wildebeest crossing the Mara River, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so what they were doing, this was this was a concert for the Empash. It's everything uses two A's over there. 
even the Maasai people, the indigenous people, they spell it wrong. That we spelled it wrong so many times that the misspelling is now considered okay because it was spelled wrong too many times to correct it. But the true, the, the it's M-A-A-S-A-I, Maasai. And these people were the Mpash, Alurianito Conservancy Trust. Again, Mpash with two A's. And it's a conservancy. And this guy, I mean, he's like big, tall Kenyan guy. Um, and he was a warrior. And he became a warrior um, by, uh, uh, that's, a, that's a wild story too. But he, he, he was a Maasai warrior. And what they do is they send you out at a certain time and you have to come back with a deed that you did. Um, and at that time, he actually uh, had fought a lion with his bare hands. So, um, so anyway, uh, and he did it by a little, uh, like a little, he had a stick and he went out into the wild with that stick and was able to defend himself against the lion. It was sharp like this, super sharp. And basically what he did was um, when the lion attacked him, its mouth went up like this and he had the stick like this and he had it in here. And the lion's mouth came up like this, and he went like that with the stick. And the stick punctured the lion up here and down here, and that's he was able to uh, save himself from that lion attack. So he became a warrior for that. You know, that was pretty mm -hmm. impressive, I guess, to the tribe. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of his deeds was to this create this, uh, this um, be involved with this 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 conservancy. And what he wanted to do was he wanted to sign agreements with all the landlord owners up in that region. Agreements where they would protect a number of different things. One thing they wanted to protect was the animals, the wildlife. Okay. So in other words, these, there's crazy fences with elephants and the elephants get caught in the fence, you know, crazy stuff like that. You know, the, the, the elephant. So he wanted a number of things to protect the, the wildlife. Okay, so that was number one. Then number two, he wanted to do things that protect the, mar the, the river because there's issues of, you know, people, they, do, you know, they burn their things in coal, they put it in the river, there's streams down the river, things that, you know, taking the water out, et, et cetera, things that were causing the river, could cause the river to dry up. Number three was the indigenous Maasai people who actually roam the area. They're like, they're not stationary. They, they roam. It's, it's fascinating, these people. And the Maasai people actually came to my concert in Nairobi. They brought them all the way back to Nairobi. where And the concert was held at um, the Kenya National Museum um, in an auditorium that was named after a person who had done incredible archaeological work, et cetera, named Louis Leakey. So there was all kinds of historical things and stuff like that on this trip. Um, but uh, anyway, with animals, uh, yeah, we were involved in protecting, uh, you know, the, I mean, this, the, the, the amount of animals, I mean, is insane amounts of animals. I mean, I, they took me out, you know, in one of those Land Rovers, and I saw, you know, the, the first thing I saw were giraffes. And I mean, close to where we were. They had guns when they were where we were. We were staying. We were staying in this little thing because they said, you know, you're, we're in it. Where you were, you're staying is right in it. I mean, I, I thought we were going to drive a few miles. We drove right out under these, uh, you know, this little brush. As soon as we got past the brush, giant giraffes. 
you know, huge giraffes. And then every, you started to see everything else, you know, from the hippos to the everything, you know. Um, so, so what are you up to now? Like, what are your latest projects? Well, we, um, we have basically, we're, we're receiving comments, you know, and we're working with organizations like we just, uh, one of the things we just finished was in um, Nigeria. And uh, one thing I was just also going to mention just briefly, uh, another big one with animals was sea turtles. In, um, yes, I love sea turtles. Okay, so we we saved over a million sea turtles in Acumal, Mexico, and they that was a place where they wanted to build, um, you know, put, build a Cancun, and the Cancun hotels th that type of thing was going to throw the uh, pollution into, and that was going to that was going to destroy a. Um, coral reef that you swim to and that coral reef was so close to the um you know to the land that the turtles were using it to lay their eggs the sea turtles so mm -hmm. we've been able to protect them because they do the event every year at the same time that we came into the first event so uh what we're up to so we, uh, we recently got back from nigeria and if you see nigeria you'll see uh, pictures of me in front of a giant board with tons of sponsors because they just had an amazing amount of sponsors for this event. Um, that would be something for you to show the animal people, you know, some of that stuff. And there's video from it and stuff like that. It was, a, it was also part of the celebration of the 20th anniversary of our United Nations event. And it was my first time to Nigeria. And once again, uh, you know, we got a comment from Nigeria and we, you know, just work with them from there, from, from yeah. a person who saw a video that we did. Um, and the video that they saw was something I was doing to try to help our country's unions. And I was using an event that I did in Kenya, Africa, and then narrating over that event. And someone in Nigeria saw it and sent a comment. And we just kept following the next steps, help them confirm their event and grow the empowerment tree. Um, it's the same thing now, we're, we're working with different ones. Um, you know, the uh, uh, two that are kind of interesting are uh, one in Philadelphia and one in Los Angeles. And the funny thing about that is, is that on YouTube, there are two areas where it, it's kind of like people watch these videos because they're such drug, they're so shocking with related to the, to the drug problem that we have, you know what I mean? And one place is called Skid Row in LA and the other place is called Kensington in Philadelphia. And Kensington is like a park and they just, people go there with their cameras and interview these people and they just put them up and everyone's just watches them kind of in shock in LA. There's a guy who was a famous photographer and he wanted to, he would give them, he would say, listen, I want to take pictures of you. But then he found out people wanted to hear their stories. So he puts their stories up, which is millions of people, but it just by strange coincidence, uh, you know, two of the people that are trying to, that we're going through the process with are, you know, one is from Philadelphia. That one is more of a musical uh, situation where he has a, um, he has kind of an independent um, label and he would like Jazz for Peace to start doing more for independent artists and we'd be glad to do so. 
you know, if, if we can get them through this process. The other person is in Los Angeles, and that is for recovery. That's a recovery. And this person has really incredible ideas to address that situation in a much more productive way. He wants to work with the mayor and he wants to work with the city uh, and that kind of thing. And so again, you know, these people, basically they're just dreams, you know, um, there's somebody else in Switzerland. I mean, you know, they would come to me like, you know, I, I don't, here's what, here's what happens. People, we work with them, you know, and we kind of just keep do the process. Once they confirm their event, now we're, now we're all systems go. You know, yeah. but right now we're just helping them. So yes, there's, I mean, you know, as like, there's, there's like a handful of these people, but now I just thought of another one in Switzerland who's actually going on a webinar today to talk about jazz for peace to her, you know, constituents in some area of Switzerland. I've been to Switzerland a few times. I, I can't remember if I asked the person exactly what's part of Switzerland. Um, yeah. So, I yeah. think that's amazing. I think I'm going to connect you with the the local animal shelter because they're always struggling with money and um, they're always full, you right. know, and it's really sad. It's just they're understaffed and I'm going to find out who's on the board or whoever and connect you guys and maybe we can get a concert down here to raise money for them. It would be great. It would be great because, like I said, I've never brought Jazz for Peace to that state. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe I'm your connection <laughs> down yes. here. <laughs> I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I'll tell you, is you know, people have made such a profoundly positive difference just by doing what you're talking about. It's incredible, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, while you're talking to me, I was remembering a concert I did in L.A. called for an organization called Paw Prints. And that was an animal-related organization. And the funny thing about what that one was, um, at that concert, uh, an actor named Ed Begley Jr. attended. I don't know if you uh, know who he is. He's kind of a famous actor. He was in a movie called Best in Show, another movie about animals. Mm -hmm. check it out. But he's been in a <laughs> lot of movies. He was in uh, Better, Better Call Saul. Do you know that one? It's yeah, yes. He's in that, the new season six. He's, if you watch the, the credits, they say special guest Ed Begley Jr. at the beginning of almost every episode because he plays a, a, the, an important role in the whole season six. Yeah, I watched the first couple of seasons and uh, kind of dropped it after that. Um, yeah. But we're coming up on our hour. So can you share how people can contact you, what your website is, and all this information is going to be in the show notes as well. Okay, great. And I was going to play something quick, right? Oh, Let's yeah. Start. Play. Right. How about you play and then... Okay. So this is a little thing where I'm going to kind of recite the Jazz for Peace uh, poem. Then I'm going to go into a little thing called Free JA, which is the kind of thing I'm doing on each podcast. Kind of uh, my way of saying, hey, uh, I really think we need to preserve uh, our inalienable rights, freedom of speech, etc. And then we're going to go into a little thing uh, it, it's a it's a socially conscious song that Elvis Presley did, and it's called "In Together." I hear jazz for peace.
it fills me like a celebration. I see the light and I want to follow. Inspired by the past contributions of those that came before. And laid the groundwork for us to build on. language that is a gift for all mankind. When we speak it, people are enlightened by the creativity and artistry that stands for peace, love, and humanity and intelligence that leads to reaching potential.
song even better so just uh rick share how to people can learn about your organization online and what your website and contact information is okay so um like i said one of the best ways to you know to work with us or get a hold of us is to simply you know watch watch this woman's podcast and then at the end of it write a little note about what you thought send it to info at jazzforpeace.org. So that's I-N-F-O at J-A-Z-Z-F-O-R-P-E-A-C-E dot O-R-G with your little comment and we're off to the races. Uh, of course, we have our website jazzforpeace.org and of course my website, which is my name, rickdelorada.com. And uh, like I think you told us earlier, a thousand, you know, a, a, a thousand more casts of characters that have put things up online about Jazz for Peace from, you, you know, on YouTube and everywhere, you name it, you can find us. Well, thank you so much, Rick, for coming on the show and sharing some of your stories of traveling overseas and performing. And um, I love what you do. And it, it must be awesome to see such a positive impact from it. It's, you know, it's great to make a difference. I didn't know that. I was, you know, too stupid to know that, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I really was. You know, they don't teach you that. But I would get these letters from these people, and they said I made a difference to them. And I'm like, you know, how am I going to argue with you? If you say I made a difference, I must have, you know. So it may, it does make you feel good, I have to admit. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show again. I enjoyed talking with you. And let's stay in touch. Okay, let's do that. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.